Hey legends, welcome along to Scheme Me Up Body. I am your host, Rodney Stewart. And uh, just before we get going here, I need to apologise for the audio in the last episode. I had switched about the the office here for a, a new setup for the YouTube channels. And I'm using the the Roadcaster Pro to record the audio on these podcasts and I thought it'd be a great idea to get everything put in the one spot and get this connected up to the laptop for better audio for the videos as well. So I uh, switched everything about and in my haste to get everything done and set up and ready to go I'd never even entered my head to test the audio of the Roadcaster whenever I recorded the last episode. It's so good where it's at right now, I've actually shifted it back to where it was originally, and the audio is great here, to the point where I don't even need to have the headphones on my head to, to make sure that the audio was as crisp as possible. It's just a good place for it. It turns out the the mic and everything where it was sitting at in the last episode was just close to so much electrical equipment that there was just feedback coming into the microphone, which I've managed to get rid of. By shifting it back to where it originally was, which is literally three and a half, four feet from where I was recording the last episode at. So it's crazy just how easily that you can throw in some f- feedback. Um, I'll never quite fully understand the ins and outs of audio, but it is what it is. But we're back to, hopefully, the the tasty audio that we're used to on these podcasts. So... Uh, once again, apologies for that. Um, this episode of the original series is called The Conscience of the King. I'm going to have a little chat about it here. And it's one of these episodes that, you know, I've said it before on most of the podcasts that I do and the YouTube channels that you really should not... Uh, jump to conclusions whenever you're watching something and don't be writing something off straight away and this is a perfect example of that this episode at the beginning I thought to myself right this is going to be one of these really boring episodes and maybe just not watch it and I'll skip to the next one but there is something within everything that's going to really jump out and make you enjoy it and it's definitely something that happens in this episode it's so so good so definitely right enough enough give it a fair chance watch the whole thing if you don't like it you don't like it if you do like it at you know awesome but in this episode um we get some of kirk's personal history and uh something that happened to him years ago comes back to haunt them in this episode um at the beginning of the episode the enterprise uh it's diverted three years three light years off its scheduled course to planet q uh, and it's lured there by the word of a new synthetic food which promises to ease chronic shortages on uh, another planet but dr thomas Lighton actually wants to show his childhood friend kirk uh it's it's a travelling Shakespeare actor, Anton Caridian. Leighton believes Caridian to actually be Kudos, the executioner. Uh, Kudos is notorious uh, because he seized control of a doomed earth colony, Tarsus IV, and ordered the execution of half of its 
population of 8,000. And it was like, uh, just think of the Avengers, Endgame, Thanos, you know, his whole thing was to kill half the galaxy so that the other half could thrive. And this is essentially what this guy did on this colony. They were starving, there wasn't enough uh, rations to keep everyone fed. So he decided to order the execution of half the people so that the other half had a fair chance of survival. And at the end of it, only nine people survived, including a young Kirk and Leighton. And, uh, yes, they're the ones that saw the face of the governor. Uh, though convinced Kodos is long dead, Kirk does enough research to you know, get his curiosity about Leighton's claim. And he returns to the planet in the hopes of meeting Caridian in person. At a cocktail party held at the the home of Leighton, Kirk meets Caridian's daughter, Lenore, and the two had it off, and they leave the party to stroll the planet Q's desert and come upon the body of their host, Thomas Leighton. He's been murdered. Leighton's death makes Kirk take his dead friend's suspicions more seriously. After promising Leighton's distraught wife, Martha, that he will find out why her husband was killed, Kirk calls in a favour. He asks John Daly, commanding officer of the the Astral Queen, to leave Planet Q orbit ahead of schedule and without notice. This is the, the ship that was due to take the, the acting trip to their next destination. Um... Of course, this strands him now with no choice but to ask for passage aboard the Enterprise. Um, researching everything that's going on, uh, Kirk reviews a list of the nine eyewitnesses and discovering that uh, Kevin Riley, a member of the Enterprise crew, is actually one of them. Uh, Riley recently has was promoted to from engineering to communication, so he's up on the the bridge. Uh, Kirk orders Spock to send Riley back down to engineering with the intention of protecting him. You know, stick him down there, out of the way, trying to keep him from getting uh, in, in harm's way if somebody is taking out the witnesses and, you know, Kirk wants to keep this guy safe. Uh, Spock asks why, pointing out that such an action may be regarded, regarded by Riley as demotion. But Kirk refuses to explain. This is uh, something that's really difficult for him. This is his own personal history right here. And he's keeping his cards close to his chest. So, uh, you know, plus he has fairly strong romantic notions on Lenore as well. So he's, he's caught between a rock and a hard place in a way as well. Um, Spock becomes concerned about the captain's behaviour and confides in Dr. McCoy. Uh, Kirk proceeds to get more involved with Lenore. Uh, Spurk does Spurk. <laughs> Spock, not Spurk. Uh, that's like a cross between Captain Kirk and Spock. Spurk. My head goes to the weirdest, weirdest places. I need help. <laughs> um, Spock does his own research and he learns enough to raise his own suspicions, including the disturbing fact that uh, of the nine eyewitnesses who could positively identify Kudos, seven of them are now dead. And 
whenever one died, the Caribbean players were somewhere nearby. Only Kirk and Lieutenant Riley remain alive. So, uh, yeah, Riley, down in the engineering, he's bored. The tray of food is, is at his side. Uh, he broods, uh, alone in engineering, he calls up the rec room, pleading for company. And Ahura uh, starts singing across the intercom. Uh, awesome voice, by the way. Awesome voice. Um, Riley is distracted by her performance. Someone sneaks into the room and uh, emerges from the shadows to squirt something into the glass of milk that's on his food tray. Um, he takes a drink of it, uh, takes a big, big gulp of it. Uh, her finishes her song. Riley begins choking. Fortunately, Ahura's party in the rec room realises the situation and sends help in time to save him. As he's lying in critical condition in the bio bed in uh, the medical bay, Spock realises that if he dies, Kirk will be the next target. McCoy's lab report on Riley's condition, he finds that the lieutenant had uh, an, an amount of tetra Lubrisol in a system which is a, a milky lubricant used aboard the Enterprise. Spock is now certain that Riley was poisoned and with her McCoy Rolton McCoy confer, confront Kirk and his quarters. Spock is now certain Caridian and Kudos are the same man. But Kirk remains a little bit unsure and has to make certain of it. McCoy asks Kirk what he will do if Kudos and Caridian are one and the same, inquiring if he will carry his head through the ship's corridors as a in triumph. You know, this guy was a mass murderer. Everybody in Starfleet would love to see him get his comeuppance. And that's uh, it's a dark, dark place where McCoy sort of goes at this point, noting that, well, not bring back any of the dead colonists. He goes to a dark place, but it's McCoy's one of these guys that, uh, you know, he'll try and talk Kirk or Spock or whoever into doing the right thing, but he'll, he'll go to a dark, dark place to really push his point home. You know, what are you going to do? You're going to behead the man and carry his head through the, the ship. Uh, you know, taking on the cheers and whatnot. Um, where are we at? Kirk agrees, but notes that they may not rest easier later. A uh, similar discussion Kirk and Spock have is interrupted by the hum of an overloading phaser. Somewhere in Kirk's quarters is a potential explosive that can take out an entire deck. While Spock orders the ship's personnel to clear the area, Kirk finds the overloading phaser in his quarters uh, and disposes of it in seconds before it explodes. Kirk is finally driven to confront Caridian, asking him point blank whether he is Kudos. Caridian gives him elusive answers, and after 20 years of playing parts that, of all things, he is tired, he does perform a short speech, and the, the, the processes of a voice communicate comparison with a piece of voice film from the Enterprise's database. This was 
the speech made by Kuros, condemning thousands of innocent people to death. And, uh, you know, Kirk gets him to read this thing so that the computer can run a comparison in the two voices to see if this is actually, you know, after everything has happened, Kirk still wants to get that hard evidence because he just, if this is kudos, he doesn't want there to be any uh, loopholes that he can get out of it. As I said at the end of it. Um, Kirk mentions how Caridian barely looked at the text, hinting that it was already familiar to the actor, but Caridian simply states that he learns his parts quickly. Meanwhile, in the sick bay, the recovering Lieutenant Riley overhears McCoy's log entry, learning that Caridian is suspected of being Kudos, the man who murdered Riley's whole family. Uh, the voice print that was done was close, very close, but Kirk argues that a man's life is at stake. Very close isn't good enough. Uh, the Caridian players begin a presentation of Hamlet to uh, entertain the the Enterprise crew for you know taking them to their next destination. Uh, Riley, having discovered that this uh, Caridian guy could possibly be the guy who killed his his parents and brothers and God knows whoever else, has stolen a phaser, sneaks backstage, uh, Kirk sees him in there and manages to talk him out of killing Caridian, who overhears their conversation. Riley, with great reluctance, heads back to sick bay. Uh, Kirk is still backstage when Caridian and his daughter, Lenore, discuss what Kirk overheard during the, the act break. Trying to shield her from his past, Crudina attempts to pass off his distress as hearing the voice of a part that he played long ago. But he's horrified when the Noor lovingly reveals that she knows all about his past deeds and has already killed seven of the nine that could identify him. Lenore goes on to tell him innocently that she will dispose of the remaining two after the performance. This guy, Caridian, he's he's devastated hearing that his daughter's saying this about you know what she's done. Uh, he's like, there's still more blood on his hands, but she proclaims that they had to be silenced and says, all of a smile on her face essentially, that she buried these ghosts for him, and that she saved them. Caridian is absolutely heartbroken devastated that all of his attempts to prevent his past crimes from tainting his daughter has failed and left him with nothing but a long legacy of murder. Kirk appears from his hiding place to confront him and uh, Lenore just looks at him with sheer friggin' disdain for interrupting her father's performance. Uh, Kirk says she has killed seven innocent people and she declares to Kirk that these people aren't innocent. They were dangerous and that she would have killed the world to protect her father. Kirk and the the place where he's at now, there's you know, everything's out in the open. This this is definitely Kudos the executioner. So he calls uh security to take the take them into custody. Uh Lenore snatches uh, security officer Harrison's weapon and runs onto the stage her eyes show she's she's gone insane she's, she's lost it she's just uh, 
that's reminiscent of uh, you know there's there these performers do Shakespeare and all these sorts of things and where she's at now it's it's like Lady Macbeth or Ophelia, uh, so uh, you know kudos, Curtin kudos, Macbeth or Ophelia you know there's like a, there's uh, it's like a mirror image of a lot of Shakespeare and here at the end of it. Um, desperate there should be no more blood in his hands uh, Kudos or Curtian he actually you know she's got the phaser on Kirk she's going to fire to take him out and uh, Kudos Curtian Kudos name it uh, he jumps in in front of Kirk as she fires the shot's fatal he dies uh, so 20 years after Earning the name, he's now dead. So, uh, the death of him at at the hands of his daughter, she's done everything that she's done, killed people uh, to protect his name, bury his past, kill these ghosts, essentially, that are driving him mad. She's actually gone mad in the process. And the fact now that her father's dead at her own hands drives her over the edge completely and um, by the time Kirk leads her away her tears have changed to laughter she's gone absolutely insane at the end of the episode um, later on after the performers have been dropped off at the their next destination McCoy promises that Lenore will get the best of care and that the last report of her is that she believes her father is still alive performing for cheering audiences. He also suggests that Kirk did care for Lenore, which Kirk just doesn't respond to, but instead gives the order for the Enterprise to break orbit and go to warp. Uh, but he does give McCoy one of those looks that's you know, it's just kind of like the, it's all the answer that the Doctor needs. And we close out the episode there. Now, I was just reading over those notes there as I was going through them you know talking them out under this podcast and uh, there's a couple of things there that I think I got a little bit wrong where it was just like um, you know the the way she was at the end of it was reminiscent of Lady Macbeth or Ophelia I think I said that you know the kudos thing and Cardian thing was like a uh, a mirror image of that as well but you know you know not really <laughs> a little bit off on that but no definitely uh, Lenore at the end of the episode was definitely like Lady Macbeth or Ophelia that's what I really meant to say so this episode was absolutely fan bloody tastic whenever you get up to that end there where you discover that the the person that's been killing off these survivors is actually the daughter of this guy to try and protect him and you know going into that uh, area right now of uh, mental health and insanity and whatnot. It's one of those places right now these days that is a very, very sketchy place to go into for a movie or a TV show. Um, it's, and I know this from personal experience, the, the last little independent short film that I created was uh, a suicide awareness piece and the backlash I got from people that I actually know of that film because it was because it dealt with suicide awareness was just simply the fact that it was dealing with that there like 
got a lot of people and in such angry moods with me it was just it's it's unreal you just you'll never know how cold and how much hate people will give you until you're dealing with a situation they got there it's just uh, it's absolute madness it's crazy and you know it doesn't matter what your intentions are behind the whole thing someone will just take it for you know they'll just really rip you to shreds for it and uh yes this is where star trek went quite a bit back in the day and i think the the whole pc crew would have a bit of a problem with this episode these days but it does tell an very, very interesting story and it's one of these episodes I was really glad that I actually did take the time to check it out and watch the whole thing because that end performance is amazing you know, just it's uh, has to be seen to be believed I really did enjoy it fantastic episode so that's going to do it guys Thank you so much. If you're still hanging about at this point of the podcast, you're definitely interested in uh, going with me on this journey of classic science fiction, classic Star Trek, all that good stuff. It is fantastic. I absolutely love doing it and I hope you will stick with me for the long run. I intend to be here for a while doing this sort of stuff. So that's going to do it, guys. I hope you're well, whatever you're doing. Please rate and review the show, share it along to anybody you think would be interested in checking it out and uh, I will talk to you in the next episode. Stay safe. This has been a production of Coins Age Media. Thank you so much for listening.